0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Legacy Cafe podcast with your host, Rob Lucy. Rob is the author of the book, How Will You Be Remembered? A Guide for Creating and Enjoying Your Legacies Now. So, grab yourself a cup of coffee and
1: find yourself a seat in the Legacy Cafe. Here's Rob. Thanks, Kathy. Hi there, everyone. It's Rob Lucy at the Legacy Cafe, and today in this podcast, we're going to talk about genealogy and family history the stories of the family just as uh, you may know and uh, that I, I did a book with my father the first time I got into this uh legacy business and we did a book that was it was a great story to capture about his war experiences and then it kind of got me thinking a little bit about where the rest of the family fit into a family trees so I had dug out a picture of my great-grandparents and I looked at it and I said I really don't know who came before them and then what they begat except for my grandfather. So I started and when my sisters and I are starting to slowly build a family tree. So first as we talked today genealogy I understand is about tracing yourself back and uh, with a smile you're tracing yourself back to people who maybe are way more interesting than we are. And then Secondly, the family stories and the history. Where does that fit in? So what comes first, genealogy or family history, or do they feed each other, or are they complementary to each other? Well, the lady who knows is Jean Wilcox-Hibben. She's the president of the Southern California Chapter of the Association of Professional Genealogists, and she's been in this genealogy story business for 40 years. She's got her master's in speech communication and, this I love, a doctorate in folklore. Hello, Jean.
0: Hi, Rob. How are you doing?
1: I'm good. I can't imagine, uh, just before we get going here, the fun it would have been to get a Ph.D. in folklore, which folklore, I think, is kind of the beliefs and customs and stories of a particular community. So it must have been a whole bunch of fun researching and doing that.
0: It was. And in fact, my dissertation was on the value of family stories. So it fits right into what we're talking about today and probably other days as well.
1: Yep. Well, great. Well, let's, let's do that. Let's get some definitions on the line. So, because my goal here is to have me and my, our listeners understand the relationship between genealogy and family history and how they may, maybe do feed each other and are complementary. So, let's do some definitions. What is genealogy?
0: Well, genealogy is pretty much just the cold, hard facts, names dates and places. And we usually focus on those vital events in people's lives. So we're looking at births, marriages, and deaths, and uh, as applicable, uh, probably divorces. Uh, but it's that stuff that goes on in a people's lives that they record on birth certificates and on marriage certificates, that sort of thing. And if you were to look at a tombstone, you generally see uh, a birth date, we, at least we hope we do, and a death date, and then oftentimes there's a dash right between those two things, you know, the person born and then died, but there's an awful lot that goes on in that dash, and that's when we move into the next level.
1: So the stuff between the dash then, would that be the family history, the stories that uh, bring everybody, bring these people to life?
0: Right. Right. It's the stories, it's the occupations, it's the interests. Um, It would also include such things maybe as uh, illnesses, diseases, maybe that are hereditary, maybe not. Uh, It would include religion.
1: I started out by doing a, a book with my father. I had no idea about genealogy. And then thinking it through, then say, well, gee, maybe I should be approaching this from the other side. So how do you get started in each area?
0: Well, we always want to start with what we know, okay? So we, we say you start with the known, and you work towards the unknown. Most commonly, people know who they are. I mean, obviously, if somebody is, uh, is adopted, that person may not have that exact information. So we start with ourselves and our vital records, our genealogy information that we've got so far, and then we go to our parents, And it's a good idea just to, just like you did with your father, stay with one line and work on that and not try to do everything all at once or you're likely to get confused.
1: So one line of genealogy. So like I would stick with my father's family and go down there as far as I could.
0: Right, right. Now, obviously, there may be points where you get what we call the brick wall i got as far as i could i can't find any more names and dates um, maybe that's because the records aren't available or all kinds of reasons and then well let's go back and see what we can find about maybe your father's siblings and their children and so we also look at corollary lines because when we think about it if we get to who our cousins are our cousins and us have the same ancestors and so that gives us another uh, leg up towards finding the next step. The pedigree chart looks like a set of steps, and that's sort of how we take as a set of steps.
1: And then do we start building what everybody would assume is the family tree? Is that kind of the goal?
0: Uh, the pedigree chart is the basis for that tree, but most family trees, when you see them in constructed in tree form, have their leaves, if you want to call it that, with the name date place of birth and death and ideally marriage it kind of depends on how big your how big your tree is and how big your leaves are as to how much information you can stick on it
1: yep so if you start genealogy at what you know what about moving over then to the other part we talked about family and history where do i start that
0: In many ways, the family history is going to go along with the genealogy, we hope, because one of the ways we start working with family history and also filling in those names, dates, and places is by talking to people who know. And most of us think in terms of our immediate relatives, my parents, my grandparents, but my parents and grandparents are gone now. And so I would talk to my brother Um, I might talk to my second cousins I have no first cousins so I would talk to uh, interview people or just have conversations about what do you remember about this person or what did your parents tell you about great-grandfather and get stories about the individuals who make up our family tree and when they do that usually things pop up such as when we were living in Chicago our our grandfather worked as I don't know a blacksmith and so now I've got an occupation and I've got a place where they lived now then that leads me to another question so was your dad born in Chicago and then we go from there and when was he born and so we use the family stories to give us the clues to know what questions to ask to fill in the genealogy
1: Oh, I get it. Yeah. Okay, now I'm clear. So, so I'm going to repeat this because I, I found it a little bit confusing. If I start in the geneal, genealogical side, I mean, I'm doing dates and it's kind of a, a colder sort of medium for me anyway. It's kind of like, here's the, the logic of the family growth. But then that'll lead me to where some great stories are perhaps. And reversing that, if I started with story, it may lead me to help fill in the genealogical side, the family and who was who in the zoo.
0: Right, exactly. And you keep it working forward, well, hopefully, or backwards, really, because in genealogy, forwards is really backwards. (laughs)
1: That's right. (laughs) Because we're
0: going back up the tree. Um, That's another thing about family trees that's rather confusing, because when you think of a tree and you think of your roots, but when we look at a family tree, all those ancestors are in the leaves where maybe they really should be down in the roots, and we should have our children and their children up in the leaves.
1: I'm going to go back to genealogy for a minute. Ain't it easy? Isn't it just all on the Internet?
0: (laughs) Uh, No, there is a lot on the Internet, and there's a lot of incorrect information on the Internet. Uh, For instance, for myself, I can go to a family tree that includes me. Um, By the way, family trees on the Internet should not include living people. And last I looked, I am living. But some yep. people have put me up there, even though I'm alive. Anyway, when I look at some of the information, it's wrong. And then I look to see where they got it. So there's another important part, whether you're looking online or you're looking in books or you're talking to your, your relatives or people who knew your family, you always want to make a note of who it was that gave you the information, where you got it, and when you got it. There's a a lot of documents that are up online, and there are a lot of uh, census records. Most of the United States census records are online. Some Canada ones are, probably most uh, of the Canada ones are, and uh, England's, and so there are a lot of things that give us information that are posted online. But there are a lot of things that are in private collections. Uh, I have my great-great-grandparents' passport Um, That is not online. I haven't put it online, uh, more because I'm lazy than anything else, Uh, or I'm involved in other things. So some things are in private homes and collections, the Family Bible, for instance. Those things, the only way to get access to them is to connect with whoever has them.
1: study of genealogy leads to better maybe family history stories, and family history stories can can help out in filling out the genealogical side of the family. It seems to me, though, this absolutely fits perfectly in what we believe is is a legacy, and that is something that connects people now, they enjoy it now, and our descendants will take advantage of it. So passing these genealogies and family stories down the line is a pretty darn good legacy for the live you led and, 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 and teaching somebody 200 years from now about where the family came from.
0: And, and to give you a better sense of self, uh, by studying who your ancestors were and maybe the things they did, uh, some people believe that they inherited some talents perhaps from their ancestors. My mother used to tell me that I got my musical talent from her side of the family, um, and my father told me that I got my musical talent from his side of the family. And um, they've never actually said the same thing to me at the same time. So I decided not to put them in a room and have them fight it out. And I just accepted it from both of them. Characteristics, health issues, all kinds of things come out when you get the family stories and you start putting the puzzle together.
1: What was going on way back then when we were, when we we're looking at their lives from... 1842 to 1912. I mean, there's wars and epidemics and natural disasters and all that sort of thing. So how does the social side of what was going on in the world affect how we deal with this?
0: Well, we call that social history. And it's extremely important if you are, remember I said you might hit a brick wall. Yeah. A lot of times when you hit that brick wall, if I look at where that person was living when I last found him, let's say for instance uh, i had an ancestor who lived in nashville tennessee and all of a sudden he disappeared and he was found next in st louis well it turned out he worked for the railroad and i knew that because that was published in city directories and by tracking it i discovered that he was there in nineteen oh four in st louis when the world's fair was going on so for a very short period of time he moved his residence from Nashville, Tennessee to St. Louis, Missouri. And that helped me find him because a lot of times we we get a gap. We find them and then we lose them and then we find them again. And that social history sometimes can fill the gap. Your ancestor in Oklahoma during the Dust Bowl and maybe is that why that person's records aren't found in Oklahoma anymore because the person Left, maybe came to California.
1: What about organizing? I don't want to get too deep in the weeds here, but and you're a pretty organized person. But how does the average person? What do they think about organizing all this information so that it's accessible and and understandable by those that follow?
0: Oh, I think you need to determine what your eventual goal is. With your father, you had a goal of having a book that would be available to the I'm assuming, to all the family members or all the ones that cared. So what you want to do is you want to record the information in a user-friendly format so Mm -hmm. that uh, the people that are reading it don't fall asleep. And if all you're doing is rattling off names, dates, and places, I can pretty much guarantee you they'll fall asleep. So if you're doing this in a narrative format and you're telling the story, you would do it just like you would tell any other story. But if you what you want to do is create a, a pedigree chart to put let's say put up online so the whole family can uh, access it, then there are a variety of programs and a variety of websites that can allow you to do that. I don't have mine up online. I, like I said, my, my name is up there in a few family trees because some of my distant relatives have put it up. But I keep mine in a software program, and I keep it on my computer, except for one particular tree that I have allowed to be up there. So I'm real particular because people go in and, well, this is going to sound really weird, but they steal your ancestors. They'll take like a piece of your tree, and they will graft it onto their own. Now, maybe it belongs there. Why Why? they want to be related to certain people. My husband's a perfect example. His um, seventh great-grandfather was Roger Williams. Now, Roger Williams founded Rhode Island. And a lot of people really think it would be cool to have Roger Williams in their line. And if their surname happens to be Williams, that gives them even that much more of a desire to put him in their line. And, And they do that, and it's I don't know why people do that but they do (laughs) and it does kind of confuse things for the next genealogist that comes along and thinks that that's accurate.
1: We've talked about genealogy and family history getting the stories if somebody hasn't started down either one of those roads what's the first step to take in each of those roads genealogy and number two family history?
0: Well as I said you start with what you know so you start writing down and and if you want to put it into a pedigree chart That's really easy to do if you go into any search engine and write down pedigree chart and maybe blank or something that would indicate that you're not looking for a pedigree chart that's all filled out. And Mm -hmm. you can download printable pedigree charts and then you can fill them in by hand. Or in some cases, you can download a pedigree chart that you can fill in right there on the computer. And you start with yourself. And then when you get to that point where, okay, now I don't know where to go from here you mentioned your your great-grandfather where are you going to find information about him well we look at census records that's one of the first things that most people do if they're in America and if they're in Canada and if they're Mm -hmm. in England or places where they did the censuses every 10 years or however often they did them and you look for your ancestor there as a child And when you find your ancestor as a child on a census record, then in most cases, but not all, that person is living with his or her parents. So if you find your great-grandfather on a census record, it's most likely that the people he's living with are your great-great-grandparents.
1: What story in your 40 years of experience puts a smile on your face?
0: Fortunately, my parents were still alive when I started doing genealogy. So I asked my parents because I thought that they knew. Now, my parents were a lot like you. They knew certain things, but they only knew what they'd been told and what they remembered. And memories, you know how they are. They sometimes get a little mixed up with other memories. So Mm -hmm. my father told me that no one in my family arrived in the United States before 1800. That was the earliest that anybody in my family arrived in the United States. Well, 40 years later, I have an ancestor who arrived in the United States in 1630 with the Winthrop fleet. And that ancestor went on to obviously have children. And some of those fought in the Revolutionary War. So my dad was kind of off base. My question is, if we have ancestors who fought in the Revolutionary War, and a lot of people think that's a pretty, a pretty big deal, Why didn't I know that? Why didn't my dad know that? Why didn't that story stay in the family? How come it got lost? So that's always a question to me is who dropped the ball? So that's one of the Mm -hmm. important things about family stories. You don't want to be the one that drops the ball.
1: No. (laughs) Jean, tell me about Circle Mending.
0: Well, Circle Mending is my company. Uh, The reason that I call it Circle Mending is, like I mentioned, I'm a musician. And so I've taken that from the... Here comes my folklore degree from the old folk song "Will the Circle Be Unbroken," and mm-hmm. t- dealing with the family. And so I figure the our our job as genealogists, as family historians, is to mend the circle. And the the website for Circle Mending deals with my presentations and uh, the writings that I've done, various uh, articles and various genealogy publications mostly. Also some information about some CDs that I've put together and also about the podcasts that I do with with a business partner. So it has a lot of information. And also, we do have a cruise. So far, it's been annually, and we do genealogy on the cruise.
1: Good picture. Well, if you'd like to learn about Jean's circle mending and information on her podcast and on the genealogical cruises, and you can contact Jean. Here's where you go. Legacycafe.org forward slash circle. That's Legacycafe.org forward slash circle upgrade your knowledge on genealogy and family history and all the stuff that Gene knows after 40 years. And Well, Gene, this has been great. There's a whole bunch more we could talk about, and we may do that, but I want to thank you for the time here, because uh, I have a better understanding of genealogy and family history and how one cross-fertilizes the other. And, Gene, we will be chatting again, most enlightening.
0: Thank you very much for having me, Rob. I appreciate the conversation.
1: Oh, terrific. It's been terrific. I'm Rob Lucy. Thanks, everybody, for joining us at the Legacy Cafe. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Legacy Cafe podcast. We have lots of great conversations coming your
0: way. And by the way, if you want us to send you reminders that a new podcast is ready for you, go to LegacyCafe.org to subscribe. That's LegacyCafe.org. Have a great day. And remember, the coffee and conversations are always hot
1: at the Legacy Cafe.